The Bible Study Podcast, Episode 391. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Psalms with Psalm 53. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Psalm 53 is not an upbeat psalm. It is a psalm of David and catching David on a bad day. It's only six verses long and it goes like this. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt and their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. Everyone has turned away. All have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers know nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on God. But there they are, overwhelmed with dread, where there was nothing to dread. God scattered the bones of those who attacked you. You put them to shame, for God despised them. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When God restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. I don't know if you've ever had a day like this. I don't know that I ever have, but David is looking around and he has lost heart. He looks at people. This is like Diogenes in his lantern trying to find 10 honest men. Or like Abraham bargaining with God for Sodom and Gomorrah. If we can only find 10 righteous men, can we save Sodom and Gomorrah? And then failing to find that many. David looks around and sees nothing but evil. Sees nothing but corruptness. Sees those who do not understand. Those who do not seek God. Sees corruption everywhere. What has happened to make David so cynical? To make David see nothing but evil. Part of it looks to be that we get this clue in verse 4 and 5. That they're devouring my people as though eating bread. They never call on God. And so David is seeing the people of God being oppressed. And looking for salvation. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. Oh, that, that God would deliver us. When God restores his people, let Jacob rejoice. What is your experience? What is your impression? Do you have days when you look around and see nothing but evil? Certainly, these are the verses that Paul used when he was arguing his case in the beginning of Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Paul doesn't leave us there in Romans. He goes on to say, but God has provision Even though all have fallen short, God has a way out. Part of our faith is that David is right, that we have all fallen short. We have corrupted the way that the world should be that God gave us. I often talk about my personal experience, which is definitely shaped by the prison ministry that I do, the ministry with the organization where I go into juvenile hall. And teach a Bible study. I teach a Bible study there every Tuesday for a a smaller group than this, but a little more direct feedback. And I think prison ministry, or in this case, juvenile hall ministry, has shaped my outlook. In some ways, you'd think I might be more cynical because I'm in a situation with people, especially at my Bible study, who got there because they committed or accused of committing a violent crime. 
And yet, I find the opposite. I find that having spent now almost a decade inside, I find that I am more hopeful. That I see what David saw, but I don't react as David is reacting. Because I see that God can change people. Many of you have heard the story that I told when I did a sermon at my church at Bethel, Bethel Lutheran Church in Cupertino. And I told a story about a young man who came to my Bible study. This is probably five, six years ago now. It's been a while. And I didn't know why he was there. I've been in some units where you're either in your room during the time of Bible study or your Bible study. And so people will come because they're bored. But the unit that I'm in now, the lockdown unit for violent youth offenders, to come to the Bible study is to choose not to go to the art class or to watch TV or to write letters or to play handball or to do weights or a variety of things. And so I tend to get a smaller group of people who are interested in being there. But this kid didn't seem like he wanted to be there, and yet he came every week. And it was probably a month till he said anything of any note besides his name. But he kept coming back. And after about a month, he started asking questions. And his questions got, I think, better and better. And he got more interested and came out of his shell. He was very guarded at first. And there was a cloud that hung over him. And I can't really describe it from a... But it was a spiritual sort of thing, if you know what I mean. Sometime later, probably when he'd been there for six months... And it was clear how much his faith was growing, and it was clear how much he was spending his time reading his Bible, and he was praying, and he was excited, and he was learning. I learned the story of why he came to Bible study in that first time, that time that I couldn't figure out why he was there. And the way he described it is, I was in my cell, I was in my unit, by myself, and suddenly the unit filled up with light. Someone touched me on the chest and said, you go to Bible study. This is one of the reasons why I do prison ministry is it is my belief that if God is in jail, if God himself is witnessing and ministering in that environment, then the people of God should be there as well. And if he had told me that story the first week that he came, I think I would have been very skeptical. But he told it to me after I had seen such a profound change in him that I believe him. I believe that that is what he saw. I believe that is what happened to him. And so I do look around, as David did, and I see corruption. I see people who have broken marriages. I see people who have broken relationships. I see broken relationships in our own families. I see us wanting to take the shortcut. I see sometimes when we're not seeking God, and yet I still believe in a God who is seeking us. I still believe in a God who is acting and active among his people and calling people to be his own people. And so I probably don't react quite the same way that David did in this psalm. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when God restores his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Now, of course, one of the reasons I react differently than David is I believe that salvation has come out of Zion. I believe that Jesus is that salvation that David was praying for, whether he knew it or not. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad and all the world come to know him. One thing that I should say, I 
am remiss in saying that I've been talking about doing prison ministry, and I talked about it more in this episode than in others. I invite you to partner with me in that. Whether that means praying for me as I go in on Tuesday nights, or you would certainly be welcome uh, to support it financially, or perhaps it means you should be seeking out some local version of that for yourself or some other local ministry where you can serve. The particular ministry where I serve, if you're interested in learning more, is CIC, Correctional Institute Chaplaincy, CICministries.org is the website. Thanks so much for listening to this a little more personal episode of the Bible Study Podcast. I hope it was helpful for you, and I pray this week that you would see the hope that I see. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.